Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm your host, Daniel Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. This is actually the podcast before my 41st birthday. Yes, I'm. For, I will be 41 this week, and I'm pretty sure that makes me the oldest person on staff. But that's okay because we all respect our elders around here. Uh, Sixers having a rough bit of going the last couple of days, at least a week, week and a half. Uh, surrounded by injuries and COVID and Ben Simmons. So, of course, if I bring up Ben Simmons, there's obviously one person that I have to go to when anything new related to Ben Simmons breaks. And that's my old fun, that's my old fun buddy, Steve Littman. How you doing, my friend? Adil, I'm doing good, and I'm very happy to be there, be here. And happy early birthday, my friend. Thank you for having me. Gracias. Uh, so we'll we'll get into the Ben Simmons stuff in the second half of this podcast because let's let's start it. Let's start this off. You're you seem to be in good spirits. You seem you seem happy. So I, I want to manifest that first as much as I can. Is that, is that is that cool? That sounds great. Uh, and I actually say that knowing that I'm going to bring up the recent four game skid from the Sixers. Sure. <laughs> of course, of course, that's where I have to start. Um, yeah. Is is there more to it than just the fact that like they don't have Embiid and they didn't have Tobias Harris until uh, last game against Indiana? No, I don't think so. I, I think that not having Joel literally for as long as Joel has been on the team uh, for the most part has always been really, really tough for every Sixers team to overcome. So it's no secret that for the Sixers, already playing without Ben, and then for the first couple games at least without Joel, without Tobias as well, um, it's no secret or it's no surprise that they would struggle uh, in a big way without uh, without Joel. And, 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 you know, they're also in a really tough part of their schedule. Yeah, um, I was really hoping they would uh, win against Indiana, you know, because Indiana is sort of a decent, not great team, uh, but they played them on the road. They played them tough. You know, the, of course, the good takeaway from this week was sort of the star turn from Tyrese Maxey, who, you know, this might be another podcast, but but he just looks phenomenal. And, and I've been really excited by him. Like, I don't know, like literally one week ago I, the sixers were what eight and eight and three three yeah yeah and i felt fantastic I, I thought you know joel and the shooters on this team they just looked excellent and i and the vibes were great and then you know covid sort of ran rampant throughout the team and then it hit the most important player in the city 
And, uh, you know, it, it had the effect that you would sort of expect it to have. So uh, at, at this point, they are taking a bit of a dip that you would expect them to have. Um, Doc has the guys playing hard, but uh, they are losing games that you would expect them to lose. And uh, I, I hope that they stay together in the locker room. But it's going to be hard to win, especially these tough games on the schedule without Joel. I just hope that Joel, you know, gets well soon. And as soon as he is, you know, able to come out of the protocols, I hope that he feels well enough. And, and you know, uh, I hope that he's not feeling the symptoms and the after effects so that the silver lining can be that his knee took some time to rest up yes. and that he's good to go, uh, you know, sort of when he can come out of protocols and be none the worse for the wear. I want to go back to what you were saying about like high spears after I'm guessing the nine point win at Chicago, like everybody was really feeling really yes. good. Uh, they right. just blown out Atlanta by 28. They beat Portland by double digits. They took both games in Chicago and then the 10 point win on the road against Detroit. Like there was, <laughs> I, I'm sure you were very much in the camp of, Okay, um, we're we're good. Uh, anything that we can get for Ben Simmons is gravy, and uh, right. we'll just we'll just keep chugging along. But now, after losing some real tough games, especially them, I'll be honest, the Milwaukee loss kind of hit me a little bit harder than it probably should have. I didn't think they were going to win that game, but the fact they kept it so close, it was still incredibly disappointing. Yeah, you know, I think I I think that that was the game that going into the game, Doc Rivers said uh, he's going to play 10 guys. Um, he said, I, I don't know who the 10 are going to be. And it's like, okay, well, I think there are only 10 options. So you probably do know who the 10 are going to be. I mean, unless you're going to play the coaches, there's going to be only 10 options and those are the 10 guys. But then yeah, but you look at the box score at the end of the game and eight guys played because Big surprise, the Sixers were in the game the whole way and Doc smelled blood and wanted to win the game. It's hard to blame him, you know, like right. he didn't expect the Sixers to be in that game against Giannis um, and credit to the Sixers and, and Seth and, and Tyrese Maxey for somehow and B-Ball Paul for somehow keeping them in that game. And then, you know, you end up looking up as a Sixers fan and you're disappointed to lose that game to a. Uh, not fully healthy Milwaukee, but, you know, they have a perennial MVP candidate and the team that just won the finals with Drew and Giannis um, and a Sixers team that just basically had Maxi and Curry and that's it. Um, and they took him down to the wire. So you end up sort of feeling disappointed uh, in a loss that, that, you know, you wouldn't think they had absolutely any shot of keeping that game at single digits. So, uh, it's a credit to, I think, Doc for keeping them in that game and to uh, the guys for playing together. And, and Niang, I think, had a good game in that one. And um, it, it was impressive that they made that a game at all. I will say this about that loss. And I talked to Riley Feldman and Kyle Carr of uh, Brew Hoop before that tip-off last week. And I asked them, like, hey, is there anything we can really take away from this matchup when neither team is at full strength? And after the game, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if we finally get the Milwaukee-Philadelphia Eastern Conference Finals matchup that we've been wanting for, what, three seasons now, uh, between the starting lineups and the depth that the Sixers are kind of cultivating with, you know, Maxi getting his reps, Furkan getting his reps, 
and Andre Drummond turning into this like very pleasant surprise. Like mm-hmm. this gonna that that's gonna be a pretty epic effing series. Yeah, I mean what you are seeing, and I think the benefit in in the Sixers playing so undermanned, I think that when you look up in the springtime, will be that the Sixers like sixth through tenth guys will be a lot better and more ready to play meaningful minutes if and when called upon because of all the minutes they're playing now. Right. Um, and, and the key guys will be more used to playing with those guys. And also, I just think that they're, they're plainly better. You know, I think that these guys are better. Like, I think Shake Milton looks a lot better than he did, especially at the end and middle of last year um, right now. Now, he has to keep that up, and we've seen him sort of – ebb and flow, uh, especially last year. So he has to keep it up. But, you know, Maxi looks like a, a legitimate, like, high-level starter. And we know the way he works. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm expecting him to only continue to improve. Um, you know, Curry never misses a shot. Uh, you know, Danny Green re-injured his hamstring. So I hope that they're careful with that. Uh, um, the Danny Niang's experience a, continues. Right. You know, Niang's a clear <laughs> upgrade. Um, Drummond seems to be an upgrade. Duval Paul looks like an absolutely playable player, you know, as a third center, which they need options there. Can we just um, talk about how well Paul Reed played defense on Giannis? I, he, he, I was listen, very impressed. He, he absolutely like gave him a solid look and, and Giannis is absolutely going to have his way on basically every guy in the league. But, but Paul stood his own. He hung and, with uh, him. And, and he hung with them. And, and, you know, like the Sixers had, had, you know, very few options in that game. Poor George Niang had to play possessions on Giannis. And oh, George man. Niang is neither fast nor big enough to guard uh, Giannis. But uh, Paul Reed is like athletic and long and, and has instincts and, and has gumption and, and like gave it his all. And I was, I was loving it. So. Um, yeah, I'm, very, I'm excited about the Sixers' depth. And the only thing for me is just get Joe back on the court because I think when Joe's on the court, the Sixers can absolutely beat any team in the league and, and they're must-see TV. So I love this team, and I, I just can't wait for Joe to be on the court. Obviously, the biggest, brightest star since Joel has kind of gone down a little bit, it's obviously Tyrese Massey. Like, there's no yeah. way to say it's anybody else. Uh, 31 against Milwaukee, 33 against Toronto, and then 24 against Indiana on Sunday or no, Saturday. I'm sorry. Uh, and shooting percentages very, very good, except for the Toronto game where he was only one of three from deep. But the other two games, seven of 13 from three. Yeah, I love how he is way more confident stepping into those three-pointers now. And it's just something it, – it's funny. A point guard that can shoot threes? Wow. How, how amazing is this for us? The the 13 is just as important to me as the seven is. You know yes. what I mean? Like, the fact that he's taking them is just as important to me that he's making them. Like, get him up. Like, because he is a good shooter. He's a good shooter from everywhere on the court. So – that he's growing his confidence in that shot is, is incredibly important and, and will continue to, to grow his confidence. And like, he's got to believe in himself as a three level scorer. Cause he is like the numbers on his drives and on his kicks. And, and just like, he has this ability to 
make shots at the rim, to make passes off the pick and roll, and to punish big men when they drop coverage. So he has this, we all know about his floater, but he is a mid-range jumper and he can punish you on an off the dribble three. So, you know, he, he has the whole package. So uh, I don't think he's going to score 30 points a game, but I absolutely think that he can be a fully dynamic three-level scorer as a point guard. And it's, you know, I think there's no ceiling here, you know, and, and I think that the more he plays and, and the better players that are around him, I, I think that, you know, this is, this is incredibly exciting and, you know, you want to see it for longer and, and this has been a good week, but, but it, you're still, you know, you're not, you're not going to go crazy just yet. Uh, we've seen flashes. He showed some flashes even as a whatever 19 year old or early 20 year old last year. Um, yeah, he literally just turned uh, – <clears throat> he's old enough to buy alcohol as of November 4. Which is, which is honestly what makes it so exciting is that his growth <laughs> curve is insane, you know, and, and the worker that he is by all accounts is, is what's so exciting about it. Um, but, but, but he allows you to sort of dream as a Sixers fan, oh, you know, man. and it allows you to project out when you think, think of a Simmons trade and maybe you start thinking of a, of a little different – you know, maybe – <clears throat> maybe you start thinking of maybe we start wanting a wing in a Simmons deal rather than a point guard, you know, right. maybe, maybe Tyrese, we can really write him in pen next to Joel. And we start looking for a different type of player. Now I think, I think Maxi probably has to prove it a bit longer than he has right now, but I, I, I'd certainly try to have every conversation I can before I put him in any trade. Um, and uh, and I'm sure Daryl would would really like to avoid everything, uh, you know, that he can before putting him in any trade because of what he's shown. And, and I expect him to keep showing it outside of Dame Lillard. Uh, would you say that Maxi is untouchable? In terms of feasible guys, in terms around of feasible guys around the league, they could trade for. Like. You know, because, you know, in other words, like we're not talking about LeBron. We're not talking about Steph Steph Curry. We're not talking about Giannis or uh, like, the like you know, Lillard, who's like, we're trying to see how it shakes out in Portland. We're still waiting for the 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 Wizards drop off so that maybe Brad Beal becomes available that those. I don't think I I don't think I would put Maxi in a Beal trade. I, I, I am sort of not crazy about Beal the more I watch him and I, I don't know, I sort of don't buy it with Beal as like a oh, really? absolute okay. A plus. I would trade everything else probably, but um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being romanced by this week <laughs> uh, with Maxi. Um, Which is fine. And totally maybe fine. when cooler, right. Maybe when cooler heads prevail, I will, I would put Maxi in a, in a Dame trade, especially because when you trade for Dame, you sort of nullify the need for Maxi because the ball is in Dame's hand so much. Yeah. Um, I would not put Maxi in a like Jalen Brown trade. I, I think that uh, Jalen Brown is not of the caliber that he would necessitate a guy like Maxi. You know, yes. like yeah, I, in other words, I don't calm down about that one. In other words, I don't think the gap between Ben and Jalen Brown is that of requiring a guy like Tyrese Maxey in that deal, you know, like I do think that Jalen is better than Ben, but I don't think enough that, that I would do Maxey instead of picks, you know? Um, so that's where, that's where I would be. What about you? 
Tyrese, listen, Tyrese Maxey, 14 games, saw sample size. Yeah, I know. But he's only been, he's only had a negative plus minus in six out of those 14 games. So for me, unless you're trading for, if you're trading for Dame Lillard or, oh God, I don't know. I, I I know I romance this a lot, but you know Clay Thompson. But whatever, uh, we'll we'll just go mm. past that. Um, but the Dame level superstar, sure, put Maxi in the trade. If you're talking like Zach Levine, no, Jalen Brown, no, mm-hmm. Brad Beal, no, D'Angelo Russell, hell no, no, no. Yeah. So as far, I mean, as- I, mean I wouldn't trade Ben for D'Angelo Russell. No. <laughs> we'll get into that in the next in the next yeah. half here. Uh, yeah. So as far as Maxi goes right now, I'm going to put this in uh, terms that both of us can relate to. Tyrese Maxi is certainly getting a end of the date rose, thousand percent. Oh yeah, sure, <laughs> big time. Uh, first impression rose, yeah. First impression rose for sure. Uh, for me personally, uh, Andre Drummond is still getting a rose from me at the rose ceremony. I love what I'm seeing from Drummond so far this season. Uh, just being a straight up Windex man. Two games last week where he had 20 or more rebounds. I, I what a, on a minimum deal. That is fantastic. That is great value for Andre Drummond and the Sixers right now. I will say I just saw this stat on Twitter that I have not vetted and may not be true, but he's shooting apparently 52% at the rim, which is horrific. And I. <laughs> think that he should make more shots for being that large at the rim and I would like him I would like him to make more shots since he's so large um and I'm sure that number will normalize um but and and I will say the eye test has bore that out um that when you see him uh, you know his putbacks have been uh putting a dent in the backboard but his rebounding has been excellent and I have been impressed at his defense, which I, I have always thought as a casual observer of him on the Pistons and uh, the Cavs that he was bad at defense. But he has been very good for the Sixers on defense. All right. Now that we've dispensed with the pleasantries of the last week and a half, we're, we're going to take a little break. Uh, Steve is going to mentally prepare himself for the next half of the podcast because we're, we're talking Ben Simmons, of course, because uh steve wrote a piece last week chronicling how he believes that daryl Morey they just need to cut their losses and just send ben simmons home not not trade just send his ass home so we'll get into that in a second back on the liberty ballers out of sight podcast on the liberty ballers podcast network support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more 
and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm back here with Steve, and we're gonna get into his piece right off the jump. I, I need to, <laughs> I need to ask you something. Uh, the the sweet potato wild rice burger. Yes, sir. that is an interesting combination. How how is yes. that? I'm I'm honestly down for you know ideas of what to throw on the grill for for my barbecue on Saturday. So we try to keep it tight over here, so we <laughs> go with some healthy options. Yes. And um, this, we had some panko and some sweet potato, some wild rice. We throw it together, we put it on the grill and uh, it's very good. It's very tasty, a little barbecue sauce. I don't like ketchup, but I love barbecue sauce and that's what I put on it. Nice. It's great. Uh, all, all, all great stuff. And then the, se- yep. the second thing that I just want, before we get into the, the meat of this uh, podcast, which is funny thing to say since you just, chronicle talking about eating a sweet potato wild rice burger but still um i i iphone 7 steve are are, are you just not getting paid something enough? like that so i'm you know what's so funny you bring that up um as we talk about this piece it was um to put it lightly not exactly popular in our corner of the internet um, <laughs> with uh, with our readership which was a fun day on the internet for me um but one of our faithful readers uh, sent in, I forget if it was a comment or a, uh, a tweet, but they sent in um, something to the effect of, uh, Steve, I know you get paid by word count. First of all, the assumption that I get paid is very endearing. And, uh. and it's a cute, it's a cute <laughs> thing to say. Um, but um, let's, let's pump the brakes on that. Um, no, it's an iPhone. I don't know what iPhone it is, but it's, it's one of the early ones. All right. Okay. Uh, so if you're not new to the update, in short, as uh, Steve pointed out, uh, Rich Paul went on the record to Shams uh, Charania, alleging that, among other things, the Sixers are furthering the mental health issues Simmons is facing by way of the, quote, fines, targeting, negative publicity, unquote. Um, first of all, I can't recall anything specific from the Sixers camp. Anything negative. If anything, they've been very much in the camp of, hey, do what you got to do, and we'll see you when you get back, when you're ready to be back. Unless I grossly missed a portion of the internet over the last two weeks. Well, they resumed finding him when the when Simmons and his camp did not provide updates um, or any sort of return to play plan. You know that was that was sort of a, a week or ten days ago. Um, you know. Ben and his team said, you know, he's not mentally ready. He's going to meet with professionals. No timetable. And then and I know there was the radio silence. Giant, I know there was the giant dust up because 
Simmons' camp weren't allowing the Sixers mm-hmm. to communicate with the mental health professionals that Simmons was seeing and not seeing team assigned mental health professionals, which I mean, uh, somebody's mental health is like it's private. So, I mean, you, you got well, that's his prerogative. Exactly. Right. So he, he should be and is allowed to meet with the professionals that he wants to meet with. So uh, what I, how I understand it is that the Sixers did not want specifics, but they wanted sort of generalities in terms of like who he was meeting with and to what end are they meeting? You know, in other words, like you're out for what period of time and like when loosely can we expect you to play basketball for our basketball team? And the, the basketball team that paid you over $190 million or so over correct. the next five years. The Simmons camp said no, no timetable and, and refused to provide that. And then the Sixers publicly, you know, released to Woj and Shams and the like that um, they're going to resume fining him. Now, when the Sixers do that, um, they're not naive and neither is clutch and they pretty much know that you know to go that route you are admitting without admitting that you think something's afoot here you know what i mean that you don't think that everything is as it seems you know what i mean like something is rotten in the state of denmark yeah like for me just like you know so like i am not going to will not do not think it's um professional or appropriate to um, speculate on Ben's mental health or exactly. any of that. I like I will said not, the same you know, thing to I said the same thing to Dave when we started talking about it. Like I'm, I am not right. speculating. Anybody that does speculate, you are one thousand percent wrong, and you can come see me on Twitter if you disagree. But if I am like just simply analyzing the Sixers' read of the situation to go the route of finding this player who is out with mental health issues um, while he's out pursuing help in the circumstance, it feels like they are admitting openly that they think something is afoot, you know, that they think something is going on. Right. And that opens up a whole can of worms. You know what I mean? Like that is a really slippery slope to me and and a dangerous because they can never ever prove something like that you know what i mean like and it and it just makes the situation so much uglier you know what i mean it it it, it opens up now what what daryl Morey would say is that we are completely within our rights to demand these updates and that we did not say that ben is lying and that ben is blah 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 and that's true but i guess what i would say is that you are creating this atmosphere by doing that and that's what rich paul said so you know you were you were going through this, but you know, Rich Paul basically said that you know the Sixers doing that created an atmosphere that uh, made Ben out to be a liar when right. they resumed those fines. Is one side okay? This is gonna sound this is gonna sound weird when I ask it, but it, it'll make sense. Is one side making it worse worse than the other? Like, is is one side going? Uh, above and beyond to like make it worse because I feel like the more this keeps coming out in public and Rich Paul saying the things that he's saying and the Sixers responding the way they are like I feel like if they just 
went on complete and total radio silence or only communicated through like each other. I mean, first of all, that's never going to happen in today's uh, media driven universe. But right. I, I, I feel like if they just committed to media silence on the issue. Yes. I, I feel like things would work out a heck of a lot better. So maybe nobody's yes. really doing this the right way. Absolutely not. There's, I mean, just like, can everybody shut up? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they've been playing this game for months. And, and so part of the impetus behind what I was writing was like, we have been doing this stare down for six months or, or, or upwards of six months. And like, it's not working. It's getting uglier and uglier. And now we're talking about somebody's mental health. Right. And the, the most powerful agent in the NBA is saying, the team is deteriorating this player's mental health. Like uh-huh. this is as ugly as it gets and it's not getting any better anytime soon. So like, how do we put our heads together and make this better? Like somewhere along the way in this piece and in the reaction to it, I came off, I think like a Simmons apologist. Like I have been dying for this guy to get off the team for years. I mean, get this guy out of here. Like, uh, truly, Steve I was, believe Steve that he was holding up signs when he was drafted. <laughs> like, no, no, that's not true. But like, <laughs> I, like, I truly believe that this entire situation has been of Ben's own design. Like, I think that there have been things for years that he could have fixed that he chose not to fix. I think that this situation has been designed by him and his camp. Like, I, I am largely uh, apart from the mental health stuff. Like, I am not sympathetic for the situation that we have found him in me saying that they should send him own him home is merely me throwing my hands up and saying like, how much longer are we going to look around and do the same thing um, and, and expect been, different results? You know what I mean? The now same game of chicken for like all like what, six, eight months now. Right. And it's also me saying the reality where Ben plays engaged basketball for the Sixers ever again is truly a fantasy. Like Daryl and Doc have been saying that in the media and trying to force him onto the court to play with this team that he's been dying to leave for six months. Like it's never going to happen. Like we, we just have to give it up. So like he's miserable. He wants to get off the team. And also he's dealing with whatever it is that he's dealing with that. Now his agent is saying the Sixers are exasperating intentionally. So like, Maybe we should give that, give up that. Um, what I wish I had put in the piece that I think was a mistake to uh, omit was that my scenario, my proposal is never, ever going to happen. You know, what I proposed was send him home, like essentially continue to pay him because, you know, Ben is out and meeting with these professionals, but send him home and um, don't trade him, you know, don't force a trade that you don't like, just send him home until a trade comes along that you deem appropriate. Daryl is never going to do that. You know, the Sixers are an organization. Not that guy. There's a presidential, there's a precedential element in the league that they're just, they're not going to submit to that. And it will look like too much of a loss around the league that they will, you know, they're not going to send home a physically healthy 24 year old to LA, you know, just to let him go work out and make $30 million this year. So um, he'll never do this. I wish he would, because I think that this tactic is, it has proven to not work and he's never going to play for them again. And I wish they would just shut up everybody um, <laughs> until a trade happens. So that, cause I really think that like, 
the continued leaks are deteriorating both sides of this. I think the Sixers look worse and worse yeah. with every leak too. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it's like sort of a corrosive situation on both sides. And I, and I wish it would just, I wish the dust would settle because it's really not going to until something happens. I, I want to go back to something you said, because it was an interesting verb choice that you use when you say that the, the Sixers want to force him to play. I, I think that's the bad, a bad verb use. And if that's what the Sixers are using, I would very much like go hard 180 and instead like encourage him in the sense that like they're doing, they're allowing him to do what he needs to do. The Sixers are carrying on the way they need to do. And just uh, the, the continued sense of, yeah, we want him back. We hope this thing resolves itself. We're, we support him. We just want him to be ready. And just kind of remind him that like Sixers basketball is always going to be here for Ben and like we'll be here when he's ready. Like that, that encouragement, it just seems way more positive than the idea of just like forcing. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. But the reason they resume finding him a week ago is to force him to play. Right. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they resume finding him because they think that he's, getting paid right now and never going to play. So they go ahead and find him so that he, you know, will, will feel compelled to play because otherwise he's not going to ever play and just sort of wait out this situation until there's a trade. So the Sixers don't want clutch to have found a loophole right. where Ben is in Philadelphia, does not play, earns his contract, then gets traded. So, um, and basically what I proposed in this piece is, uh, in a basic sense, a loophole where Ben would get paid, get traded and earn his contract. So, um, in a basic sense, like I totally get it and, and, and fans would not want that. And I totally, totally understand it. And a lot of the people that responded had totally fair points. And there's the concept of not taking 50 cents or 40 cents on the dollar for this guy. Completely. Yes. He's, he's still 25. He's defensive rookie, uh, rookie defensive player of the year, runner up all star, all team NBA defense. Like you can't just give this guy up for chum change. Daryl Moore knows that rich Paul, mm -hmm. maybe he knows that maybe he doesn't, but I've said before, and I've made this parallel. We need a like Danny Roman style negotiator to just come in and fix this thing. I don't know if it's Daryl. I don't know if it's Doc. I don't know who it is, but this, this line from your piece, like said it all for me, just enough, send them home. Like that's it. Send them home. We'll resolve it from there. You know, um, maybe sending him home isn't the thing, you know, like, or, 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 you know, Daryl would say, absolutely not. I'm not, I'm not sending him home just because of the optics. Like I'm not putting on, I'm not putting Ben a 76 or on a plane to LA, you know, because of the way that would look as an organization, the commission would get involved. Absolutely not. But let's put an end to the leaks. Let's put an end to all of this. Oh, okay. Let's, let's you know what I mean? Like he'll continue to meet with the people he needs to meet with. Like we will have a tacit understanding that like he is going to give us updates as it goes. Like we will have no real world expectation that he's going to play basketball, but like we'll stop with the leaks because they are not helping either side. Um, in the meantime, 
we're going to stay patient and look around the league. We're going to take a look at Portland, see what happens over there. Like they have a front office disaster going on, but like oh Dave Miller doesn't seem <laughs> like he's leaving anytime soon. But like, let's see what's happening in Boston. Let's see what's happening. You know, all of these situations around the league that seem a bit tenuous because every year, you know, chairs get shuffled around. You know, New Orleans is a nightmare. Like what's going to happen? Brandon Ingram, who knows? Like, yeah, I, I was just going to say, yeah, I've, been, I've think, been whispering for like a month now, just like, uh, ben Simmons for Brandon Ingram. I'm not totally against that. Right. Because David Griffin's on the hot seat and could just sort of shuffle the deck and see what he can do. Um, Cause Daryl, you know, I have no doubt. Like if, if Daryl needed to make a Ben trade right now, like let's say Joel put pressure on Daryl. And oh, said yeah. like, you have to make a trade. Like I've had enough of this. Now, Joel, I think to his credit, believes in his ability to the degree that he says like, absolutely not. Like we need stars. Like, don't worry about it. When I play, we can beat anybody. Like, don't worry about it. So I think Daryl thinks that he has a number of B level trades that he could make now. And also in February at the deadline, he's not worried about evaporating. Like these November trades will be there in February. Right. So even though I am pulling my hair out every single day that he's not traded, Daryl is allowing for the possibility that a star will be available and that he can swing a deal. So that's what he's waiting for. Um, My hope is that they will put an end to these leaks because it's just so ugly. You know, it's just like, we're talking about a guy's mental health here and I think it just sucks, you know, like it's not fun anymore. You know, like when we were, talking about Bennett Wimbledon and, and he was like, uh, you know, liking Instagram posts about being fined. Like there was sort of a, a regular fan booing like aspect of it. That is part of the contract you sort of sign up for as an athlete and as a fan. And now thinking about uh, a human being's mental health makes it less fun, at least for me to think about. And, and I would like it to end soon because I just want everybody to be able to move on, including Ben, who I think is very responsible in all of this. So uh, I'd like it all. I'd like everybody to be able to move on soon. And like, I'm, I don't think anybody is out here saying, Oh, we're just, we're just going to ship him to Cleveland. And just like, that's going to be that. But like, if like Daryl is going to somehow work this out where like both sides come out mutually well on both ends of the trade. So that's not exactly something I'm worried about. I mean, all Ben, uh, you know, there are a number of reports that Ben just wants to play anywhere but Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, I think that a trade ultimately is the only thing he cares about. So um, I do think that that is coming, uh, you know, certainly not as soon as he or I would like, but it is coming. <laughs> yeah, we, we need Steve to uh, keep that that luscious dew on his head uh his, his girlfriend has no idea what the hell has happened to him over the last like eight months steve is a completely no. different person it's all wild rice <laughs> okay i'm not gonna end this discussion with you without bringing up uh the the bachelorette which is going on right now we we mm-hmm. always do this every time we talk uh what where where are you with with the gentlemen as they stand right now? Like who's 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 your top two? We'll say I'm not even gonna make you do three, or is it still too Hello. early? Is is it still nope. is the sample size still too small? I love Olu. Yes, um, he's great. 
Um, who else? I mean, Clayton is already going to be the next Bachelor. Like, they've already Hang said on. that. Olu, and I love Leroy. Leroy's got a great smile. Leroy's cool, I, too. I think Leroy's not going to get enough shine on this season, and he's yeah. going to be a standout on Paradise. So I, I love Olu and Leroy. Those are my guys. Leroy's going to be a Bachelor in Paradise MVP. <laughs> exactly. That's my. I'll, what about you? I'm just glad. I'm just glad that Romeo is out. I I had I've had my fill with that guy. I'm 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 Listen, so glad he's I'm trying out. I'm trying not to curse. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> that guy. Every time the camera was on him, he said he's looking for his Juliet. I mean, oh, can God. we find a new line? I mean, this kid. Can I, somebody I, shove him in a locker and move on? Oh Jesus my God. Christ! I get that your name is. I get that your name is Romeo, dude. But like, find a new shtick. Like there's Romeo. a Yeah, like some some. Where for our move on nice one like even some, here. even some little romeo references would have been every once in a while would have been fun like I, I, would, I would have been in there for that but yeah yes. olu i have really high hopes for so i hope he makes it through the whole way um a lot of a lot of martin stuff going on the last two weeks i'm just like eh, I, don't, I don't i don't know yeah. if i quite see it with him just yet but uh, yeah, he brought I, up Jamie the next day. It was weird. Yeah, it, it was, was weird. A weird move. I, I totally agree with you that like Leroy is going to be this like, uh, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to, I know this is going to come out wrong when I say it and I apologize, but like Leroy is going to slay so hard at Bachelor in Paradise. It's going to be fantastic. He's going to do great. Yeah, he's <laughs> do great. First round draft pick, Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, Steve, always nice to close on a fun uh pop culture reference uh anything else going on with you lately in terms of like what you're doing what you're watching i mean ghostbusters afterlife comes out on friday i'm going to see it thursday night as part of my birthday week celebration so yeah huge ghostbuster fan have been since i saw it back in like 1988 or whatever it was that's exciting, buddy. No, I just, I still get paid by word count. So I'm, I'm still trying to get in. I got to get a new iPhone. So that's it. That's it. Um, a- that's Apple. It. Thank re- you. Thank Apple, you for having me on. Apple, reach out to your boy. Like Steve <laughs> is down to, sp- listen, if Apple would like to sponsor the gastroenteritis blues, I'm sure Steve would have no problem with that. I'm just that's throwing right. that out there. Let's do it. <laughs> Steve, always good to talk to you. Uh, you can find Steve on Liberty Ballers, obviously, and then you can reach out to him on Twitter at Steve J. Littman. Steve, always a pleasure having you on. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, you're, you're my number one go-to source for all things Ben Simmons, whether you like it or not. <laughs> hey, thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me on. It was great talking to you, and happy birthday. Thank you very much. I will talk to you soon, my friend.